0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use your promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. And make sure to enter our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 in cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, October 26th. Currently, 11:10 on the East Coast. Here to break down the 10 game schedule in the NBA, and joining me as usual to break it down, we got a full house of sharp betters for the NBA. First, the villain of the show, the superstar of the show. It's Terrell Herman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling, my man? Fuck Boston. <laughs> Keep it nice and simple there. And also joining us, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN. It's Scott Studio at Scott, what's going on, buddy?
1: I'm uh, Doing pretty well. I know last episode I ended up sweeping the lock and dog, which was nice. Unfortunately, for yesterday, uh, the Mavericks killed me. Uh, Ended up uh, betting on them overnight. I assume Zion and Ingram and Jones all wouldn't play. Thought Dallas would have enough firepower to get the job done. I was right about the firepower. The problem was they couldn't get a stop on defense. The Pelicans shot, I believe, around 58% from the floor and 44-plus percent from three. Just an awful defensive showing for Dallas. And uh, yeah, it didn't help my bankroll last night. But it happens. And you know, onward and upward.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's early on in the season. I, that was a weird game last night, uh, especially after what Pelicans shot what sixty plus percent, I think, in the first half or close to that. And they, they were shot seventy up by,
1: plus percent in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, by only two points, it was
2: like sixty-two the half. in the first half. Like, yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. It makes no sense, you know. Of course, sorry. Right. The day I call the OKC Thunder to get a win on the money line against the Clippers, the Mavs want to sell like that. It's cool. Terrell did you
0: want to expand on your fuck Boston
2: (laughs) no I mean it's really nothing else to say if you know you know like I came out here and I gave Boston some pretty high praises and I decided to sit here and say hey you know good job Boston like y'all are doing your thing you had a good matchup against the Bulls who aren't really that good against good teams and this was you matched up well you had the opportunity just go ahead get them up out of here on the road and why did I why did I bet Boston? I don't I don't know. I have no idea why I bet Boston. Th- this is what happens. This is what happens when it all makes sense. When it all makes sense, they let you down. It always happens. I just I I can't even understand it. I literally can't understand it. <laughs> I'm I'm just so pissed at myself because that was like a two plus two fifty money line, and I just let it right out my hands i could have bet the bulls money line went on about my day came here and touted and told you all about this is what happens this is what happens when it makes sense for boston you always bet against them and i didn't even listen to myself i i, I just don't even know what to do i didn't even plan on on ranting i just wanted to keep it short but <sighs> fuck boston man like
0: that city sucks oh my <laughs> gosh <sighs> it's all right it's so early on in the season terrell we're we're uh We're still getting acclimated to what worked for us last season and what didn't work. So, uh, yeah, luckily. No, fading Boston works every year. Every year it works. Every single year it works. Yeah. All right. Uh, 10 game schedule in the NBA on Wednesday. Does Boston play tonight? Boston is not on the schedule tonight. So oh, you can bring your lucky blood- son of a bitch. Yeah, you can bring your blood pressure down a little bit there, Terrell. <laughs> um, all right, before we get into the games uh for Wednesday, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Winbet. Thinking of joining Winbet, bet 100 dollars and get a hundred dollar free bet. And if you're looking to join the Win Bet's biggest winners club, whoever hits the biggest parlay on Winbet odds-wise gets a thousand dollar free bet. Winbet truly is hashtag DGens only plus Use WinBet to build your own bet to build some amazing same-game parlays. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in state where a playthrough WinBet is available. If you are someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, the Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free, free to enter. How do you enter the contest? Well, number one, subscribe to youtube.com/slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. Turn your notifications on so you don't miss so you don't miss SGP contacting you when they pull the winner. Again, make sure to enter the contest. For an autographed jersey of either Lawrence Taylor or Brian Dawkins. And it's completely free to enter. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Make sure to get into our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 in cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, gentlemen. Ten games on the schedule in the NBA. Uh, let's just start it off right there with a 7 p.m. Eastern start. It's going to be the Orlando Magic headed to Cleveland. Hey,
2: wait. Yes, sir. If go you ahead. had
0: to pick, are you picking a Lawrence
2: Taylor or Brian
0: Dawkins jersey?
1: We had a debate about this uh, during the ad reads uh, yesterday in the
0: NFL podcast. Mm, I think I got to go with LT. See, yeah, like, that, that's Sean, we just, come yeah. on,
2: Sean. Like, Sean, you you know everybody's picking the LT jersey. Like, I get it. We love Brian Dawkins. We respect Brian Dawkins. You know everybody's picking the LT jersey. There's no way you're picking. He just got into the Hall of Fame. LT been there. He's one of. The... Come on now.
1: Tarot and I made an argument that there should have been a package deal. Should have been Dawkins. Like, it said Dawkins and another jerseys. Like, who's and Dawkins
2: like LT and like McNabb or something? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. some type of combo.
2: Yeah, yeah, like maybe I don't maybe know. some
1: jerseys to be named later. Throw Brian, throw Randall Cunningham.
2: Throw a Randall Cunningham or like, yeah, Brian what's some throw somebody else in there with Brian Dawkins. You can't just put Brian Dawkins at LT
0: straight up. Or like Brian Dawkins T O and McNabb, maybe? Yeah, something like something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm just sweet. making sure I'm not tripping. Yeah, we gotta we gotta Talk to Sean about that one. He's feeling himself since his Phillies are in the uh, World Series. It's, a, and
1: it's his, a bit of a heat check there, by yeah,
0: Sean. That's all. Eagles yeah. are six and zero. Oh. I yeah. will be. I will be so <laughs> interested to see if anybody that's not a Philadelphia Eagles fan that picks Brian Dawkins straight up. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that that's curious. So that that would be something I would want. To, we got to put odds on that for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So let's let's kick it off here, guys. Um, Seven ten Eastern start. Uh, Orlando Magic headed to Cleveland to take on the Cavs. I'm currently seeing this line opened up at minus eight and a half. Uh, That number has stayed uh, the course at minus eight and a half over on win bet. Total opened up at 219. That number has been bet down all the way to 214. Money line three to one on the Orlando Magic and minus 390 on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Take a look at the injury report for both of the squads. Uh, Darius Garland is out for this game. He, has, he suffered that left eye injury. Uh, Isaiah Mobley to a contract. Not Evan Mobley, but Isaiah Mobley. Uh, Ricky Rubio is still recovering from the torn ACL. For the Orlando Magic, uh, pretty significant injury report here. We know about Marco Fultz, Marco Fultz being out. Um, Gar- Gary Harris is also out. Jonathan Isaac, we know, has been out. Jalen Suggs is going to be out for a couple weeks. And then Mo Wagner is also out for the Orlando Magic. So Cleveland at home, minus eight and a half point favorite here. Scott, let me start with you on this game. Uh, what are you thinking about Orlando and Cleveland here?
1: So I know going into the offseason, all three of us liked Orlando, not to make the playoffs or anything, but we thought they would be an entertaining young team, and that's what they've been. The problem is they're not winning, and it's especially because of the second half. It seems like Orlando's able to hang around for about two, two and a half quarters, and then something goes wrong in the third or fourth quarter, and they end up losing, and that's why they're all in four. Now, Cleveland, as you said before, is without Garland. The truth is, Garland really wasn't doing anything this season. Uh, it seemed like Mitchell really was having the ball in his hands the entire time, and Garland had to become an off ball guy which is kind of upsetting because of how good he was last year. But to go through the actual just overall roster depth, I think we all agree Cleveland's the much better team. Now, I think it's going to be an interesting battle inside the actual paint because Orlando is a pretty solid rebounding team, and last year they were atrocious at it. This year, I believe they're top five in rebounding rate. So I do think you could see an interesting matchup there with Allen and Mobley against the likes of Wendell Carter and Bonquero and the other guys that they have. Uh, But I do think at the end of the day, this game will be very close for half. I think Cleveland just has too much firepower. I think they'll end up pulling away. And I think when you're looking at what Orlando does well, are they a great three-point shooting team? Not really. Are they good in the paint? Kinda. But the problem is you're against two of the best rim protectors in the league on the same team. I, I understand the under because I think that the odds makers are kind of daring Orlando to actually score decent amount of points on the road here. Yep. I'm going with Cleveland. I think the defensive intensity is going to be too much as the game progresses. And Orlando, despite being a solid rebounding team, could be better on the defensive end. I still don't really like their three-point shooting options besides Terrence Ross. I'll go with Cleveland. I'll lean that way for eight and a half.
0: Terrell, Magic versus Cleveland? <clears throat> yeah,
2: I'm, I'm with Scott and I'm with Cleveland here. Orlando's is fun. They're fun and they're entertaining. And they have Paolo Banchero, who is trying to put his name in a hat for rookie of the year being the number one overall pick. You got a couple of guys that are out there with them, but I think the issue here is that Cleveland right now is playing like a complete team. Mm-hmm. And even with the lackluster usage of Darius Garland, they're still playing like a complete team. They're the only team in the NBA that is top five in both offensive rating and defensive rating over the course of the season. And they show it because they have Evan Mobley and they have Jared Allen down low who can protect the paint and really adds to you defensively and then Donovan Mitchell coming in has added that extra score that they needed. They didn't have that person that could just go out there ISO themselves and get a bucket when they needed it. It was a more of team basketball, half-court style basketball slowing the pace down. And they're still doing a lot of that. They're second to last in the league for the slowest pace in the league. So, mm-hmm. they're still a really really slow team. And I think that's what's going to kill Orlando having to play a slower game, having to play half-court sets and running these kind of plays instead of running in transition and kind of using their athleticism to their advantage. So, yeah, I'm on Cleveland Cavaliers here. Maybe you can talk me into an Orlando Magic first half. But Cleveland, you know, history track record with J.B. Bickerstaff, they show up in the first half. So I'm not 100 percent certain on that one. I'm here with Cleveland. If this close in the first half, I'm looking
0: for a live play in second half Cleveland. Yeah, i agree with everything you guys just said i just think there's gonna be too much firepower here for the cleveland cavaliers at the end of the day um whether that's what you just said trail that magic can possibly keep it close in the first half but i think eventually uh that the uh cleveland cavaliers do actually pull away in the second half um i love the under in this game as well um you guys talked about it or trail you just mentioned how Cleveland is top five in defensive efficiency so far this season. Small sample, but again, they are up there with the Milwaukee Bucks and the L.A. Lakers. They they
1: better be when you have Allen and Mobley in the same lineup together. You better be top five.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think that, again, with the injuries, with the Orlando Magic, talked about those injuries and, again, just how complete what you guys just mentioned there that's Cleveland Cavaliers' team is. Um, I just think it will be too much. But, yeah, Cleveland and the under in this game uh, for me as well. All right, guys, get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be another 7-10 Eastern start. The Atlanta Hawks head to uh, the Motor City to take on the Pistons. Um, Currently seeing this line opened up at 7 for the Atlanta Hawks. That number has gone now up to 7.5. Starting to see some 8s pop up for the Atlanta Hawks here. Um, Money line right now over on WinBet. Minus 315 for the Atlanta Hawks, plus 250 on the money line for the Detroit Pistons. Total is sitting at 230 points in this game. Looking at the injury report, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to be out for this game uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, we know that he's been recovering from that right knee injury. Justin Holiday is questionable for this game uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Detroit has not submitted their injury report yet since they are on a back-to-back here. Uh, they did play last night. Uh, against the Washington Wizards in the nation's capital, where they dropped that game one twenty to ninety nine. Uh, Terrell, let me start with you on the Atlanta Hawks visiting the Detroit Pistons as a seven and a half point favorite currently.
2: Do I really want to lay seven and a half with the Hawks on the road? Um, I, I I guess so. It's a bat-to-bat for the Pistons. I really don't want to think about this one too much. It's disgusting because Atlanta probably shouldn't be laying seven on the road against anybody, but it's a back to back for the Pistons. And the issue for the Pistons is that they've been absolutely obsolete on defense. And that's really not too, too much else you could really say about that. They're one of the worst defensive units in the league, 27th out of 30 teams. And while they have Jake Ivey, they have Kay Cunningham, the issue with all of these pieces that they have is they haven't figured out how to put it together for four quarters, similar to this Orlando magic squad that we're talking about where we said, Hey, the Pistons are going to be a fun, like a fun team. They're going to be a fun team this year. It's just not translating over to wins. And that's what happens with a lot of these young teams. They just can't figure out how to keep it going for the entirety of a whole game. Close it out. Get out coach. Dwayne Casey is getting out coach. She definitely got out yesterday against Wes Unsell junior. So I'm, um, I like Nate McMillan. I like the pieces for Atlanta. This feels like the road Trey Young game where he just kind of goes off. I'm looking at Trey Young props here today. I think this is the Trey Young go off game where he just kind of proves and reminds everybody, hey, I can be in conversation for the scoring title. So I'm with Atlanta minus seven. I don't really like this one, but I'll play it with the Pistons on the back-to-back. Scott?
1: I'm a little bit torn on this one as well because Detroit has been pretty underwhelming lately, and on top of that, they did play yesterday. Now, I guess in their defense, they got blown out yesterday, so they didn't have to use the star players for the entire fourth quarter. But I watched Atlanta several times this year because I've had a couple of Troy Young double-double props. I watched them play against – I'm trying to even remember who they were against. Uh, I, I saw their Charlotte? last game. Charlotte? They got buried by Charlotte. I watched that game, but I also watched another one where he actually had a double-double. I think it was Orlando, and they were getting smacked in the first half, and then they ended up coming back from behind. I don't think Atlanta's that good, and I've watched two full games. I don't think they're very good. And actually, I also had the over against Houston. So I had a couple of – I've watched Atlanta a decent amount. Selectively, I thought to myself, this team can't shoot from the outside. Just watching them play, they can't shoot. And then I look at the stats, and it backed it up. Because Atlanta is shooting 30.8 percent from three, which is tied for the fifth worst in the league. Mm-hmm. This team really cannot shoot. They have no shooters, especially with Bogdanovich being out. You look at the lineups they run. Trey has been awful from three. Mm-hmm. He just—he—it's of course you know he's going to have stretches because he shoots the ball from 35 feet half the time. DeJounte mm-hmm. has been okay, but you're looking at the supporting cast with no Gallinari and no Bogdanovich in the lineup. Who's supposed to shoot for them from the outside? But no, John no, Collins, not, they don't have they don't anybody. anybody. Yeah, Kevin like Herter
2: gone. Like, all their shooters are gone.
1: Yeah, I didn't even mention Herter. They just can't shoot. And I think that if you want to talk about a decent spot here, I know Atlanta just got killed by Charlotte. So you can argue it's a nice bounce-back spot. McMillan will get the guys ready to go. I kind of like Detroit here because I think Detroit, even though this team is 1-3, it's similar to last year in the sense that they're awful on the road. But they're 1-0 and at home. So I do think if you want to take them in the Little Caesars Arena, Pizza Pizza, to get the job done, I'll go with Detroit <laughs> on the money line. I understand that Atlanta could use a win after Charlotte really, really buried them last game in Atlanta, which was an embarrassing showing there. Yeah. But I'm going to go Detroit because I've seen this Atlanta team. They cannot shoot. So I'll take a shot with Detroit at home.
0: Yeah, Uh the one handicap that I had, which you just mentioned there, Scott was, or two things is that number one, the team is really struggling shooting the basketball uh, with now, not having Bogdanovich, you know, you mentioned Kevin Herter also gone. There were their two main shooters last season. They're really relying on John Collins to knock down those corner three point shots for them, which just hasn't been working for them. And you go back to last season, what you just mentioned that this team is great at home, meaning Atlanta. And then on the road, they're just atrocious last season on the road. Uh, I think this includes the playoffs or the play-in tournament. They were 16-29 uh, and 29 against the spread on the road last season. Detroit,
1: think, too. Detroit, Detroit was a lot better home than on the road.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and let me get those numbers here as well since we're on the subject. Last season, Detroit, yeah, 22-18 and 18, and one at home, 55% against the spread last season at home. Um, so I think, yeah, seven may be a, a little too rich for me here for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think that maybe if Detroit does get off to a good start, maybe their legs catch up to them in the second half. And that's where Atlanta, you know, can maybe you get a better number on live. It's what I'm trying to say here uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. If if Detroit does come out playing well. So do like uh, Detroit in this game, getting the plus seven, maybe in the first half in this game here as well. Uh, but I cannot lay seven and a half points with the Atlanta Hawks on the road. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on the total here, Scott?
1: I find it interesting there's been a lot of over money coming in when one team's on a back-to-back. I think I'm leaning over. And the other
2: team can't shoot? Yeah,
1: the other team can't shoot too, but you've got an over money. I think I'm going to lean over just based on principle because that seems like a sharp move to me. I don't think the public was sprinting to bet overs in piston games on a back-to-back. It seems like a sharp (laughs) money move there. I'm going to lean to the over. I'm, I'm probably not going to play it, but I guess... People are expecting to see more pace in there. Uh maybe that'll help Detroit's offense, but I'll lean over. I'm also gonna lean to Detroit. Probably won't bet either.
2: Uh, Terrell, thoughts on the total? Yeah, I'm going over. And it's just because I'm more if I'm on Atlanta, I have to go over because I think Atlanta's gonna shoot the lights. Well, not shoot the lights out, but it's gonna it's gonna look like they shoot the lights out when they make a shot that after they missed their every shot they took last game, basically. So I mean I'm I'm on the over here. It's just I'm faith in Detroit's defense. If you leave people wide open, I think that they'll hit it. And so I'm probably going to look at a couple three props in this game just because I'm pretty sure after three games and they've shot so badly, we can get a nice, juicy price. DeAndre Hunter is one name that comes into mind because he's always going to be on the court defensively. And they'll, you know, he'll step out to the outside on the corner, maybe the baseline, something like that, and shoot a wide open three. So I may be looking at a couple three props over plus – over one and a half or
0: something like that, plus money. Yeah, I'm currently looking at uh, pace for both of these two teams uh, so far to start the season here. Uh, Atlanta is number eight in the entire league, and then Detroit number 11. So I think, yeah, uh, what you guys mentioned about the pace, uh, we'll probably see uh, more up and down in a track meet, probably especially in that first uh, first half in this game. Wait,
1: Wait, you have Detroit at what number?
0: I have them at 11 in pace.
1: I have them 25th.
2: Okay. Oh, all right. I'll be the hold on. I'll be I'm, the final the final decision there. Detroit is uh I'm looking at NBA.com slash slash.
1: I'm looking at uh the Hollinger stats. Oh yeah, uh, I'm on
2: four. I'm on NBA.com so okay. I got them at eleventh.
1: Okay, fair enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Once
1: again, sh- once again shop your sources. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Shop, shop your sources. your shop your, source. shop your sources. <laughs> I mean it's
1: one thing if you're gonna be off by a number or two, but like they have nah, Detroit yeah, as like a bottom six team in the league in terms of pace. Like that's a problem if you're shopping yeah, nah, around. But nah, either 11. way, yeah. So we don't know how fast Detroit plays. We're gonna find out. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> how out. It's gonna go. But I also was looking at Capella potentially for a double double. It's tricky because they use a Kung Wu a decent amount now because it yeah. seems like he's progressed quite nicely. But you're looking at Detroit's overall rebounding numbers. Uh, they're not good. We might disagree on this number two, But according to the uh data that I'm looking at, it says that Detroit right now is a pretty mediocre rebounding team. I know they got Isaiah Stewart. That's basically it because Bagley's out for the you know X amount of time. I think Capella could have a good game here. We know he likes to rim run. You might see Detroit overreact to a couple of pick and rolls there. They'll try to prevent Young from scoring. He might, you know, dish it down for Capella for some easy dunks. You have any thoughts on Capella double double at plus one fifty?
0: I think the concern for Capella, like what you just mentioned, that they haven't the used. I'm sorry. It's the minutes. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Um, with them having a Kongu out there more, and I, and I watched a couple of Atlanta games. You're right that a Kongu has been getting more minutes. So that's the only concern I would have. They could um, run
2: Capella off the floor this game. If they run, yeah. If, if they, they run up. with Detroit, they could run Capella off the floor this game. He would not. He would not stay on the floor. If they're running up and down with Detroit the entire game. But uh, we could uh, hey. Capella had an assist last game. Are we getting back on the Capella over half assists? That was a ride last year. What's the juice out? I, I, I got to find it. I got to find okay. it. I just looked it up, and I seen he had one last game, and I'm like, all right, he's getting hot. We might have to get back on, get back uh, on the
0: see it listed yet.
1: It's actually um, funny you mentioned the half answers. assist move because I was trying to find that for uh, Mitch Robinson uh, yesterday, but no, it has not been working out for him earlier this season. Uh, <laughs> no, Capella has not been doing well for assists. Uh, I believe that's he's the only about game he's had an assist. However, he's it was the most recent game, so maybe he can get something going. So he had a double-double last game, by the way, in 23 minutes.
0: Yeah, Detroit also wanted to mention their number 22 in points in the paint allowed at around 54 a game. Atlanta, number 26 uh, points in the paint allowed at 56 points per game. So maybe some easy baskets around the rim that will probably help the over in this game. All right, guys. Uh, Next game on the schedule. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets headed to the Big Apple to take on the New York Knicks 730 Eastern start. Uh, This line opened up at minus seven and a half. It stayed pretty consistent across the board at win bet minus seven and a half. Uh, Total opened up at 226 and a half. That number has been bet down a little bit, but nothing significant. I'm seeing a 225 and a half over on win bet. Uh, Money line for this game is going to be uh, minus 310 for the New York Knicks and plus 245 for the Charlotte Hornets. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, we know about LaMelo Balls and his left ankle sprain. Uh, Cody Martin also doubtful for this game. He has a left quad injury. And then Terry Rozier also doubtful for this game. We uh, saw the injury that he had, I believe it was on Sunday, Um, uh, and he left the arena in a boot. So right now officially listed as doubtful for this game. But, uh, Terrell, let me start with you on this game. Charlotte Hornets visiting the New York Knicks as a uh, seven-and-a-half-point road underdog here. What are you thinking?
2: Uh, I mean, do, does Charlotte just not go in full tank now that Terry Rozier's down, too? Like, is this not a let's just go ahead and tank this game on the road?
1: He didn't play against Atlanta, and they won anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Coming off the road, winning against Atlanta, going to – Play on the road against the Knicks. I really don't like what the Knicks are doing this year, but they're getting some really favorable sp- spots to start their the beginning of the season. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he's been cool. I I don't know. I'm very pessimistic on this Knicks team. I really don't think they look good, but they're playing well s- to begin the season. So I'm not going to back the Charlotte Hornets missing, you know, in the second time to get this done against the New York Knicks squad. I'll take the Knicks minus seven and a half, but I really don't like this game.
0: Yeah, Knicks uh, so far are, again, very small sample, 2-0 at home, but it's been against the Pistons and it's been against the Magic. They've won both those games by double digits. I mean, do we put Charlotte in the same category as Orlando and Detroit, especially without Terry Rozier? I think it's a possibility, but, um, you know, Terrell, you said this a lot of times throughout the years on the NBA Gambling Podcast is that you're always going to get the best effort from opposing teams when they're coming into the Mecca at Madison Square Garden, but I'm not sure is that going to be enough here Uh, especially without your starting guards. no, We already know no LaMelo Ball and obviously no Terry Rozier. So it looks like the responsibility of scoring is going to fall on Gordon Hayward and and Kelly Oubre Jr. Is that going to be enough against this Knicks team? I'm not sure. I like what I've seen offensively uh, from the New York Knicks. They've been putting up points. Um, But, uh, Scott, thoughts on this game? I'm
1: going to lean to the Knicks. It's an interesting spot because the Knicks are 2-0 and at home with two blowout wins. Yep. And the Hornets are 2-0 and on the road with two blowout wins. But still, I like what I've seen from the Knicks. And I think if you want to talk about the overall roster construction, it's not good enough to win a title. It might, be, it might not be good enough to even get out of the plane. But I do like what I've seen so far. And the one loss they had was an overtime game on the road against Memphis. Mm-hmm. Really not a bad loss there. I, I think right. that New York's actually been a solid team. Brunson's looks very sharp. I don't know if he has a turnover yet. I know he's been really just solid with the basketball in terms of decision making. Barrett's been very hit or miss. He was especially awful against Memphis, but I think he's been a lot better since then. Randall had a double double last game. He looked comfortable. Toppin's been good off the bench. I think this roster is not bad, and I'm looking at Charlotte since I watched a decent amount of the game against Atlanta. They smacked the crap out of him. That game wasn't even close. But I still have a hard time really trusting that backcourt on a game-in, game-out basis when Rozier and LaMelo are out. We know that Brunson's shifty, high basketball IQ guy. I think you could see some issues defensively for Charlotte in the backcourt. Plus, a separate note, can we please start starting Nick Richards? He's so much better than Plumley. It's not even so? close. Richards is is so damn good if you actually just watch him play for for the Hornets. I was a big fan of him at Kentucky. But I think he's a potential dark horse candidate to go for a double-double off the bench today, which which makes me believe that perhaps Charlotte's bench unit could outplay New York's bench unit. But I like Richards a lot. I don't really like the rest of the team that much. I'm going to go ahead and take the Knicks. I think that at home, from what I've seen so far, I trust them more. Give me the Knicks minus seven, seven and a half.
0: Do you see a number uh, for his double-double? I know he's no, a maybe so closer
1: to the uh, He comes time. off
0: the bench. So he comes off the, the bench, be he's not going to have time. it.
1: But okay. just by, I can tell you right now, if you've been watching the games or you've watched them play once, Richards is really, really good.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a really good player. Let's yeah, see. he had uh, 20 and 11 uh, last game against the Hawks and then the first game of the season against the Spurs, 19 points, 10 rebounds off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can,
2: um, yeah. can, we, can we dial back to that Hawks game? Because I just yeah. went Benedict real and switched my picks. Because I just realized this is the Hawks' first road game. Why am I backing yeah, the Hawks yeah. in the first road game? I didn't mention that yeah. before, but I think no, I just before. I just realized that I was sitting there. I'm like, wait, have the Hawks been on the road yet? This is their first road game. Everybody's gonna be on the Hawks, and the Pistons just came off no, this is a good zig when they zag spot. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry for not adding the villainy to the show. Yes, Pistons plus seven and a half. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but they're gonna do it.
0: All right. Uh yeah, I uh I, I gotta go with the Knicks here as well. Um Gonna lay the points here with the Knicks. I like like uh, I think it's just a mismatch. What you just highlighted there, Scott, and we mentioned that the injuries in the backcourt with the Hornets. Uh, I think that's something that Brunson and 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 uh, RJ Barrett should be able to take advantage of. And I think that defensively they can give them some fits as well. So uh, Knicks for me in this game as well. You guys have any thoughts on the total before we get over to the next game, Scott? T-
1: it's very, very tricky for a total. Uh, I think I'll lean over because the Knicks offensively look comfortable, and so is Charlotte randomly. So um, I think I'm going to yeah. lean to the over there. Uh, I do want to ask about a prop, though. Since sure. the Hornets defensively are not exactly a great unit by any means, if you just look at their overall stats, they're a pretty meh defensive team. But since they've been playing with pace this season, my question for you, Jalen Brunson, double-double, mm-hmm. double, is plus 600. You think he mm-hmm. can get to 10 assists? Um, should have a mismatch with whoever's guarding him in this game
0: yeah um, he's averaging I mean, seven, at
1: six so. to one you can't really just saying he's averaging seven assists per So yeah
0: uh, the, obviously the only concern is that he hasn't gotten into yeah. 10 assists uh, so far this season he had nine in the first game against Memphis but that was also in overtime um, and saying, then you also have the blowout card. potential as well yeah. I know it's well, six to one. I mean, I'm not gonna hate you for putting, spraying something on it.
1: Do you have any thoughts, Terrell? You're the Knicks fan, after all.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been protecting the basketball. He's been doing all right. He's been cool. Like they've been all right. So I mean, <laughs> sure, why not six to one? I don't really. Why are we talking about the Knicks again? Because we're on the game. We're talking about the Hornets and the Knicks. Oh, all right. All yeah.
0: right, we're moving along to the next game on the schedule here. Uh, let's go over to a uh, 7.30 Eastern start as well. It's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers headed to uh, Canada to take on the Toronto Raptors. Um, currently see this line opened up at um, opened up as a pick, and now Philadelphia is favored by two points. In this game, total opened up at 211.5. It's up a tick uh, to 212. Uh, money line for this game, we are looking at minus 134, the Philadelphia 76ers, and plus 110 on the money line for a home underdog in the Toronto Raptors. Looking at the injury reports for both of these teams, uh, pretty clean for the Sixers. Seg, have said, the Anthony Milton is questionable with a uh, right abductor tightness for the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes, questionable. He did suffer a right ankle sprain. Otto Porter Jr. is doubtful as well. He's dealing with the left hamstring strain as well. Um, But other than that, everybody is a go in this game. Scott, let me start with you with the Philadelphia 76ers as a two-point road favorite here as they take on the Raptors.
1: So I've seen these, both these teams play. Uh, Toronto had a very nice win against Miami on the road last time out without Barnes. So I do think they could survive without him, at least in the short term. I watched Philly play against Indiana. I had my lock from the last podcast with hard and assists. I was going to watch it, and I ended up watching the game. Uh, Indiana stinks, so Philly looked comfortable throughout. However, once again, they kind of struggled at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, and they picked it back up again, and they ended up winning and covering. I do think that there are some issues with Philly, and I still think Embiid's out of shape just watching him play. You figure against the Pacers, they don't exactly have a true center right now because Turner's out, and yet Embiid had like five rebounds in the entire game, got into foul trouble. He looked slow with pick-and-roll defense. He couldn't run up and down the floor. I think Embiid's out of shape, and if we call Doncic out every year for being out of shape, I have to call out Embiid to at least be consistent, and that's been the issue. And I think we've seen it. We've seen teams make Embiid run, and we've seen him run out of gas in the second half so far this season. The reason why I bring it up is I think Toronto can actually exploit that because they do have some lineups with Siakam at center. And I think if Toronto does choose to run a little bit more up-tempo than people think, they really could target Embiid and make him run up and down and expend a lot of energy. And the line has moved a lot. I believe Toronto was even minus one last night and now Philly's minus two, it's the exact same situation as the playoff series. The game's in Toronto, Philly's favored because they have more talent, and Barnes is probably not going to play. It's the same exact thing as the playoff series. I'm actually going to lean to Toronto. I think that the overall depth of this team is a lot better than Philly's if you just compare the bench units. And once again, I think Siakam at center, maybe a little bit of uh, Achua, in there at center could really give Philly problems because of the different lineups that they have. Philly doesn't have that luxury. They really don't have many lineups. And I think that, yes, Harden could go nuts. You could see Maxi do something, even though he's been a bit quiet so far this season. I'm going to hold my nose and take Toronto at home because I really think Siakam at center could give Philly a lot of defensive issues. And I think Embiid's stamina is a concern in the early portion of the season. So give me Toronto at plus money at home.
0: Uh,
2: Terrell, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my issue with the 76 is the fact that they don't run, and yeah, they, they don't run, run now. As well as and B, yeah, and B being out of shape definitely. is Do you think, helping I'm, do you think that I'm right about
1: that? Because no, I,
2: I I think that he definitely looks off, but I think that they're and that's probably a reason why they're not running because they know that he can't run right now and mm-hmm. he has to. You know, if you ask anybody in the league, they're more than likely going to tell you it takes me about 10, 15 games to get into game shape, like get into game-going shape. It's going to take a little while. And Embiid just probably isn't there yet, and that's probably why they've had a reluctance to run pace because there's no way you have the fastest player in the NBA and you're not running pace and using that player in Tyrese Maxey. And so my issue with – and that's another reason why I, you know – Isano just said it, that he's been hitting on Maxie under in points. It's because they're not using him by running with them. That's how he scores his points in transition, getting out. There's been plenty of times in the early, in the early part of the season that you've seen Harden literally just throw the ball up in the air into the uh, front court, and Maxi's already there to go get the ball and put it up and get a transition bucket. They're not running the court like that. And so – that's why I lean to Toronto here, because Toronto, as we know, slow-paced team, wants to play in a half court, wants you to play in a half court so they can lock in on defense and make it really, really hard for you. It just seems like they're, that Philly wants to slow this game down, and that's exactly what Toronto wants. That's exactly how Toronto wants to play, and it's going to be for the benefit of the Toronto Raptors, so I like the Raptors here. I'll take, yeah, I'll take an under on Maxi as well, I'll back up the captain here with the... Um under on maxi because I just don't think they utilize him. They don't utilize him. This is a tough defensive matchup. The Raptors are gonna wanna give, you know, the Sixers some payback for this. They got embarrassed in that playoff series. They're gonna want to give them some play some payback for this. This is a full crowd. Didn't have that in the playoff series. You have a full crowd during this game in Toronto. I think the crowd's gonna be on their side. I think the Raptors are gonna be up for this game. Uh it- I get why all the money is on Philly. They've had a lackluster start to the season. They went one and two in their three-game homestand after dropping the first game at the Celtics. I don't think it gets any better for them right now. It's probably a
0: slow start of the season for Philly. Give me the Raptors plus two. Yeah, I like the Raptors as home underdogs here as well. Um, you know, we talked about it when we are doing division previews. Uh, they had the crowd back, you know, in in Toronto. I think it's one of the more underrated home court advantages in the league. And uh, now you have one of the better teams Uh projected in the philadelphia 76ers coming to town and the motivation shouldn't be a question here for the toronto raptors uh, i just think that you guys talked about the the depth i think scotty mentioned the pure depth whether it's bench or overall in this roster i think that it's i know scotty barnes probably won't play in this game but i still like you know fred van vliet pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and those guys just come out and, and play um just just come out and play good basketball here against this philly team Uh, Terrell, you also mentioned the pace of both of these teams. You're right. Both of these teams are bottoms in the league as far as pace uh, right Mm -hmm. now. Toronto, number 27, and Philly, dead last in pace uh, so far this uh, season, which makes me like the under two. I feel like this might be like a 99, 96, 97 type of final game here. I think that what you guys mentioned about the Joel Embiid injury there, Scott, that there's something, whether it's a knee issue or a leg or a foot issue, that they're not pushing the pace. I was watching the game. Yeah, and I was watching the game against the Pacers, and I was like, "Why aren't these guys, you know, getting out and transitioning, running uh, and and running the ball?" And and because you have guys like Harden, who's in shape, they Maxie probably can. Yeah, Maxie, one of the fastest guys in the NBA. But I think it's what you guys are right is that Embiid is probably holding them back. So, I mean, guess go to what, home. Doc Rivers?
2: And guess what, Doc Rivers isn't a good coach. Doc Rivers yeah. isn't a good coach to realize right. that. Hey, okay, maybe we can't run with Joel Embiid on the court. Yeah, we got to start Maxi. Let's start the game, and then let's let's split this lineup up, and let's let Maxi run with the twos where they can actually run and push and push pace and actually. Like, I I just don't get it. There's no adjustments from Doc Rivers, and that's another reason why I'm on the Raptors. Matter of fact, <laughs> let's take a Philly first half Raptors money line parlay because Doc Rivers is not going to make any adjustments, and Nick Nurse is going to go out there and have a coaching clinic in a game that low key kind of doesn't matter because it's early in the regular season.
0: Yeah. Um, Scott, I know you were on the Harden rebounding prop. Uh, I was looking at his –
1: I was on the assist assist prop. I'm sorry, Uh,
0: assist his last game. But I was looking at his assist and rebounds tonight to go over. I know it's a little bit of juice at minus 150, maybe wait for it to move to 17 and a half. But I kind of like the over. He looks like the James Harden of uh, Houston. Wake up. Yeah, I definitely – Wake up this is why we love going live this is why our our, our, our fans can watch us i don't know
1: why that <laughs> Wake went up, off Scott. I, <laughs> I was
0: <laughs> gonna say I, I didn't
1: have an alarm set at least from what hey, i remember that but is I guess the most annoying okay. sound in the world it like, is the most I, annoying I, sound in the world i had an alarm set for like 10 45 so i don't know why that went off at 11 50 of all times but either way um yeah
2: i think th- it was daylight savings yesterday you didn't know
1: I thought the phone automatically adjusts that, but okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, I still don't really like the assists in this game for Harden just because of the pace. The fact that the total is so low and we like it under, I don't expect many baskets from each team. I like the over in the Indiana game because I thought that that Philly was going to play with more pace instead yeah. indiana is just a terrible defensive team and gave up 120 and change but yeah. i do think that if you want to look for rebounds i don't mind it because we're expecting a brick fest throughout this game sure mm-hmm. but i i do think if you're looking at harden to have a big stat line i can't really disagree with it because maxi has been quiet and mb has looked compromised so i think if you want to make a case for harden to have a decent stat line you could go there but All I know is for rebounds, I don't mind it. I know he was close to a triple-double last game. Didn't work out. Assists, I'm going to pass because I really question if Philly's going to even reach 100. They might not need to. They might win and might have a game similar to what we saw against Milwaukee, where first Mm -hmm. team to 90 won the game. I'm staying away from assists, though. It's just not for me in this matchup.
0: All right. Um, All right. Before we get over to the next game of the night, uh, let me tell you guys where we can get down on some of these player props. And that's over at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing Pick'em Contest versus other people for the shot at winning 250000 plus in cash. Download the app. Choose a contest and select your player props. Earn points for correct picks and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and twenty times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over/unders, or individual player matchups across every major sportsbooks league. I'm sorry, every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up today with promo code SGPN at No House Advantage. Or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match of up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this.
2: All right, guys, uh, let's get over real quick. Show some love to the chat. We got to show some love to the chat. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Uh, chat's been going all day. We got Ryan McIntyre, NFL Gambling Podcast, College Experience. Talking about three and one Wizards. Hey man, I said I thought the Wizards were gonna be better this year. They're still a pickup basketball team, but they're gonna be better. Talking about Bradley, keep a bag bill. He didn't have a bag last night, but it's all right. Uh and and <laughs> Wizards honoring agent zero on halftime, November 18th. Oh okay. card games and fights are part of festivities. They probably are a part of festivities. I know I'm pulling up with like five, six straps. Just, you know, be in the full 100% Gilbert Arenas. I'm pulling I, heard, up about five, I heard a rumor that
1: Arenas is bringing his own fireworks for the occasion.
2: Oh, uh, for sure. Oh, 100%. And, you know, it's and it's going to be in a bag, a black duffel bag. It's not going to be. People you forget know, about
1: that story. They yeah. only remember the, the gun issue. They don't remember the firework issue as well uh, a couple of years later. so Yeah,
2: it, it, he had a lot. He had a lot that was going with him. But 100%, yeah, the guns, fireworks, everything. Shout out Devin Morris tapping in with us during a work training. Peak Dejan right there might have to uh, throw him up there for real men of Dejans, and then LG as Spider thirty plus is an auto bet without Darius Garland eh, probably. Uh, any thoughts on Ant over rebounds? My oh, we haven't got to
0: that game yet. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah, and I use to Captain Insano uh, always in the chat on the MLB uh, gambling podcast as well. Now tuning into the NBA, so appreciate all you guys. We love doing this live. So any yeah uh, comments questions. Put them into those, uh, the chat box here, and we'll do our best to answer those as we kind of get uh, game by game uh, on the schedule. All right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the night. Maybe the game of the night. Eh, Brooklyn Nets headed to Milwaukee to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to be a 7.30 Eastern start on the four-letter network. Uh, taking a look at the lines for this game, I'm currently seeing that the Milwaukee Bucks opened up as a four-point favorite. That number has been uh, come down half a point on win bet at minus three and a half. Total opened up at 233 and a half. That number has been bet down to 231 now over on win bet. Money lines plus 140 for the Brooklyn Nets, minus 165 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. uh, Let's see here. Brooklyn Nets, we know they're without Seth Curry. Markeith Morris is out with personal reasons, and the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Pat Coddington, continues to be out with the right calf sprain. Uh, Joe Ingles is recovering from ACL injury, and we also know about Chris Middleton recovering from wrist injury. Um, Scott, let me start with you on this game. It's a three-and-a-half point uh, uh, sorry, home favorite here for the Milwaukee Bucks as they take on your Brooklyn Nets
1: i 'm going with the bucks uh, i don 't really know why the spread has come down i 'm assuming it 's because of Middleton being out and how they look at Kyrie and kD as the shiny objects that could potentially combine for seventy plus points again i don 't really care. I saw the line drop down in the Memphis game, and I took Memphis anyway because, as a fan of this team, I knew where the game was going, and I said Memphis would score a bunch of points, and that they did because Bain and Morant each had thirty seven plus points. Crazy game, by the way. Four separate players in the same game with 37-plus points. I don't think I've ever seen that before with no overtime. But I am going to go with the Bucs here. Mm -hmm. They can't guard Giannis. They never could guard Giannis. And their center depth got even worse. I've said it time and time again to start the season. It's why I was on Claxton double-doubles to start the year and why the plus 450 odds were fantastic. They don't have any depth at the center position. And last year they had Drummond – well, I'm not saying it was good, but at least he was a big body. You had some options. Sure. This year, you have Claxton and you have Sharp. Sharp is still a youngster who gets into foul trouble a lot. You can't exactly trust him. But you look at what Ben Simmons was brought in there for. He was brought in there for defensive purposes and a little bit of rebounding in a small ball lineup. The problem is the Nets are either – the Nets are bottom five in defense. I believe they're allowing the most points per game. But according to efficiency, they're bottom five. So he's not really done much defensively, and they're dead last in rebounding rate. So I guess you can say Ben Simmons has not worked out so far. He's looked very rusty. I know the facilitating's okay, but once again, he he never shoots. He can't look at the rim. And I do think if you want to talk about how the Bucks match up well, I think it's really on the interior. We saw them against Houston. They looked at the lineup. No uh, Bruno. Uh, they're of course just not a great rebounding team anyway. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks said, okay, bet. We're going to use Giannis, Lopez, and Portis in the starting lineup. And we're going to absolutely demolish Munaf's favorite team. And they did. And Giannis went for 44. I mean, it was going to happen. They dominated on the glass. I see a very similar story here. Durant and Kyrie can do their thing. They can't stop anyone. And Simmons fouls out in 23 minutes every game. They have no perimeter defense. And they can't rebound. I think that Milwaukee's going to dominate on second-chance points. Give me Milwaukee at home with the crowd behind them. I think that even though the Nets have the firepower, and you could argue this game means more to the Nets because they've gotten smacked by Milwaukee in the playoffs in the past, Mm -hmm. I don't really care. I'm going with Milwaukee. Probably Milwaukee team total over. I just see (laughs) a lot of scoring chances for Milwaukee. But I can't back the Nets, who have played arguably the worst defense in the entire league, and they're the worst rebounding team in the league. Give me Milwaukee.
0: This is a battle of the best uh, defensive efficient, uh, defensive rated team against the worst uh, defensive rated yep. team between the Bucs and the Nets here. Uh, Terrell, Bucks and uh, Nets, man, what do yeah. you like?
2: Yeah, I can't, I can't fight anything with that defense. They suck on defense, but what we can say is that offensively, they found themselves a little bit of a rhythm here. They're seventh in the league in terms of offensive efficiency. It's pretty high up. The Bucks. A little bit lower down, but it's more of they're just, you know, not only missing Chris Middleton, but they're just not looking to score those things. And I think that's really why I'm probably going to lean closer to the Nets on this side is because I think that this can turn into a little bit of offensive game. Now, if we talk about the defense of the Milwaukee Bucks, they played the Rockets and they played the 76ers. And they played the 76ers not knowing whatever the hell the 76ers want to do with the ball at all and so i think that that's a little bit skewed on how good of a defensive team they are i'm i'm willing to just go ahead and say that the nets while the brooklyn no i'm sorry milwaukee is a bad defensive team that the nets are really good on offense and that can overpower that and so i i'm going to lean the nets here i think that this is going to be a high scoring game that's a little bit more contrarian because it's under money coming in and that totals coming down i want to let that total come down as much as i can or Wait till I lie bet this game and kind of let it go under in that first half and then catch a, a nice second half over line.
1: If I'm but, taking an under, it's the Nets team total for the record. Uh, there's no chance I'm taking a Milwaukee under from what I saw with the Nets defense so far this season.
2: Yeah, but I think that the Nets keep up with Milwaukee. I think they keep up with Milwaukee. The, these benches are going to be the deciding factor here both of these teams are towards the bottom of the league and bench production whoever can get that outside production from the starters from those people coming off the bench whether it's a patty mills coming off the bench whether it's uh dayron sharp anybody like that anything from anybody coming off the bench for either one of these teams is going to be a deciding factor i'm gonna just you know zig where they zag all this money is coming in on the bucks for good reason i think the, the next can dropped. keep it close yeah the it, line has dropped
1: so a little bit of reverse line movement there, but the Nets are also dead last in three-point defense. So they don't do anything well defensively.
0: No.
2: Yeah, you take a I'm look on at, the Nets if I didn't make that clear. I'm on the Nets. Yes.
0: You take a look at the last five regular season games. I know it's been <clears> with <throat> Drew Holiday. It's been with Chris Middleton, but... You know, I think Scott is right that the Bucks have been able to score points against this Nets defense. Uh,
1: it's the paint. They just dominate on the glass every single game.
0: Yeah, 120, 123, 121, 127, 115 over their last five regular season games. Um, and they've, you know, only two games last season were, came down to the wire where the Nets won by three and then the Bucks won by one point uh, in, I think, what, three out of the four games last season. Um. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I, 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 force, force, force! Pick here. I, I got, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Um, defensively, I I don't like what I've seen. Scott hit the nail on the head. Is I just don't like what I've seen from this Brooklyn Nets team, and it's kind of what we saw against the Memphis Grizzlies. Is that Ja and Desmond Bain were able to get whatever they wanted? Like you mentioned, but he had, they both had with at least 37 points in that game. They we see a similar situation that Giannis gets another 40 piece in this game and somebody like Drew Holiday puts up 25, 27 points for the Milwaukee Bucks as well. And I think that defensively, until I see improvement from this Brooklyn Nets team, I can't get behind them right now. Um, I know, Terrell, that you mentioned that we can maybe take a lot away from the defensive uh, rating numbers right now. For the Milwaukee Bucks, because they played the Sixers, which was a very slow paced team. And it was the first game of the season. Rockets, offensively, were just outclassed in that game. And they were struggling on the offensive end as well. But I think tonight we'll find out which yeah. team is what's yeah. the This is the test. This is yeah, the this test. Is the if, test they,
2: right? if they lock in defensively here, I'm like, all right, this is Milwaukee. We know they're bad yeah. or anything. But it's just some of these higher powered offenses can just mm-hmm. kind of get right against anybody. So, yeah. I see people betting the under. I see a lot of people betting the under. If this flew over the
0: total, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And the regular season games have been flying over the total. I mean, I read just some of the numbers that Bucks have been putting up as well. So, again, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm going to go lean with the Bucks. I like the Bucks team total in this game to go over as well. Uh, anything else you guys like for this game, Terrell?
2: No. Oh, no, no. I'm good. Uh, it's asked. as – Points, rebounds, and assists over under twenty-two and a half for Ben Simmons.
1: I just like the points. I almost took that as my YouTube play last night. It was at eight and a half. I'm not even gonna ben bother Simmons. with assists and rebounds because why would I bother? Simmons never looks at the rim. He's attempted less than six shot at the less than six shots in each of the first three games. He's fouled out in two of the first three games. Is he guarding Giannis? I don't know what they're gonna do. Like Claxton can't guard him. And you brought in Simmons to be a defensive guy. It hasn't worked out so far. Is, are we assuming Simmons is going to be the primary defender on Giannis? Because he might foul out in five minutes if he is. That's going to be nah, my question. He's not, to you. he's not.
2: He can't be. He They're
1: going to put Klaxon on him. He's giving up 40 pounds to Giannis. He doesn't have an option.
2: I don't think it's. Simmons, Durant's not going to guard him. He, I think he's he can't even hurt him anyway. It's more of let Giannis, let Giannis do what he's going to do and don't let anybody else get there. I would put Simmons on Drew Holiday and say, all right, Drew, you're not doing anything tonight. Okay. Now, if Giannis goes out and gives us 50 and nobody else and everybody else gives us 25, or maybe everybody else combines for another 50, then we're in this game. But nah, I'm not I'm not letting putting them on Giannis and then because he has to stay in the game. If Ben Simmons leads the game, that messes up what they're doing offensively as the uh, facilitator, and that messes up what they're doing defensively, rotating over. No, you gotta you gotta put him on Drew Holiday for his own good.
0: I
1: think they might at some point put him on Giannis, and I think it's going to go horribly. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I I was going to ask that question to Scott. Is that do you think they put Simmons on Giannis, which will be interesting to see? Um, Yeah, but Scott's right. He's played twenty eight minutes and he fouled out, and then twenty three minutes against the Pelicans and fouled out as well. But um, I
2: say I say bet that under on points just because I mean. It's You're not going to think mad. that Ben Simmons. He's not going to shoot. Like Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot. So and he's
1: not a good free throw shooter. So and
2: yeah. So it's more of is he going to get it inside the paint? And guess what? The Bucks are right now sixth best six. team in the league yeah. in points in the paint to the yeah. opponent. So yeah, give me give me
0: Ben Simmons under. Love it. Um, all right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be a eight o'clock Eastern start between the Indiana Pacers and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, it's going to be a opener of minus eight. That number's been bet down a little bit to minus seven and a half. Not significant there. Total opened up at 234 uh, over on wind bed is currently at 234 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, Chicago Bulls, we are know about Lonzo Ball. He's been He's gonna, going to be out, but other than that, pretty clean for them. And then for the Indiana Pacers, Daniel Tice, we know, is out with a right knee injury. Miles Turner is officially questionable for this game, so definitely look out for that. Obviously, I think that only helps them defensively and get some rim protection. But the Pacers um, just have not been great defensively. I think we've talked about that at volume so far this season. They are one of the worst teams in the first quarter defensively. Uh, But overall, for the game, they have a a defensive rating of 118, which ranks number 25th. Out of 30 teams in the NBA, they're right down there with the Rockets, the Denver Nuggets, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the uh, Brooklyn Nets down there as one of the two worst defensive teams in this uh, season so far. But, Scott, let me start with you on this game. We have the Indiana Pacers in Chicago, where Chicago is laying currently over on win bet, uh, seven and a half points.
1: I'm not going to spend much time on this. I watched Indiana play an entire game of basketball against the Sixers the other night. This team sucks. I love Matherin. I think he's a great player. I loved him out of Arizona. I thought he'd be one of the best players in the draft. It turns out everybody's been really good in this draft so far this season. See, there's really no wrong answers, but I really thought Mathurin would be really good at the next level. This team's terrible, and Carlisle's rotations are a disaster. I don't know what the hell he's doing half the time, but I'm not going to spend much time here. Give me the Bulls. Uh, There are rumors Levine might play in this game, which I think will be a nice boost.
0: Yeah, he's Uh, been back, but he's not on the injury report.
1: Okay, I'm saying, I, I don't think he's had any lingering issues. I think that he's close no. to, I don't know, about 100%, but we'll say 80, 85, which definitely sure. helps complement DeRozan. Indiana can't guard anybody, and I like what I've I, Vucevic had 23 rebounds. The birthday boy with 23 rebounds there. I know Terrell is all over the double-double along with myself, but give me the Bulls. Not going to spend much time on this. Indiana's just a really bad basketball team.
0: Uh, Terrell?
2: Uh... Maybe, to we might need to, maybe we need to talk about it now. I, I just, okay, so Indiana's really bad. Indiana's bad defensively. But what are the things they do well? What are the things they don't do well? The thing that they don't do well is guard the three. They're fucking terrible at it. What is the thing that Chicago doesn't do well? Shoot the three. They haven't been able to shoot the three. If for this year, they weren't able to shoot three last year. They don't have the personnel to be able to shoot the three. So if you watch Indiana, they guard the fuck out the paint like yeah. they guard the fuck out the paint. Like it is oh they had 15 blocks against uh the Pistons I think. I think it was 15 blocks for the game in the paint. And that's the reason that the Pistons ended up losing that game is because they stopped they stopped kicking out to their outside open three-point shooters and they started trying to score inside the paint and that's not how you attack any uh how you attack Indiana. And however, what does the Chicago team do? Score in the paint, score in the mid-range, they do not shoot from 3. If Indiana's only good at guarding everything but the three, then I think that they have a chance to win this game because Indiana has a really good offense and they're able to put up points. And Rick Carlisle has gotten that team to the point where he wants them, where they're just going to be an offensive juggernaut every night and dare the other team to outscore them. And so in a letdown spot from the Chicago Bulls after, you know, getting over the hump, beating the Boston Celtics, which I think they lost to them like a crazy amount of times in recent years. They lost
1: to everybody, but Boston killed them last year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: the worst, but Boston killed them pretty badly.
2: I think that this is, I think this is a little bit of a letdown spot and it's just, it just kind of makes sense looking at the defensive numbers and what. Indiana does well and doesn't do well. This just feels like a really good matchup for them and the personnel they have. So I'm going back Indiana plus seven half here, and you know what? Sprinkle on the money line. Uh, Chicago might get upset today. I think DeRozan goes for 35. That's just my oh, opinion.
0: that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago uh, ranks number twenty-three in three-point shooting uh, so far this season, but also they're not getting up a lot of attempts either because they again don't have the shooters, which ranks second to last in the NBA. They're only getting up around twenty-eight and a half per game. Uh, number thirty on that list is the New Orleans Pelicans as well. Um, I I think I still have to go with the Chicago Bulls here. I think that
1: I'm rooting the, for Indiana, but they they gotta just show it to me. You know, if yeah, I lose yeah. money, I lose no, I money. No, I get that. I get that. No.
0: And again, I think in that first quarter is where I'm really focusing on this game. Chicago Bulls team total go over 31 in that first quarter. Uh, Chicago has given up 30, I think 33 plus in all three of their, I think all four of their games so far this season uh, um, against their opponents in that first quarter. I think at home, Chicago comes out with their starters. um, They shoot the ball well from mid range. I think that we might see a pace in this game because we know with Rick Carlisle teams, it's it's about pace and just getting the ball up and down the floor. Right now, Indiana ranks number seven in the entire league as far as pace. I know Chicago is not up there. Actually, they're right at number fifteen. So at least in the it's first quarter, yeah, at least in the first quarter, I do like uh, the Bulls to get at least thirty-two points um, for me. But yeah, full game, I like uh, Chicago here as well. I think I'm with Scott there. Where Indiana needs to show me, but I think that Terrell, you made a great counterpoint about the three-point shooting defense. Uh, sorry, the interior defense for the Indiana Pacers where they they play incredible defense, and you're right. They're number four, I think, in uh, points in the paint allowed in the entire league so far this season, which is up there with some of the better defensive teams uh, in the NBA. Uh, any thoughts on the total here, guys? It's ballooned up to 235 now. Uh, Scott?
1: I'm just going to lean over. A lot of over money. I think Chicago could score 130. I'm just going to take the over.
0: true uh, Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I got to go. I I guess I got to go
0: over to, I don't really like it. All right. All right. Next game on the schedule. It's going to be a eight o'clock Eastern start as well. San Antonio Spurs uh, in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Um, Currently looking at the lines for this game. It's going to be a minus eight opener. That number has been bet up to minus nine now for the Minnesota Timberwolves at home. Total sitting at 232 – sorry, open up at 232 in this game. That's been bet up to 235 in this game. Looking at the injury report, let's start with the road team, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Devin Vassell is on the injury report. He is listed as doubtful for this game for the San Antonio Spurs with a left knee soreness. Other than that, everybody, is a go for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It is going to be Kyle Anderson out for this game with back spasms, and Austin Rivers is also doubtful for this game. He has a right hip soreness. These two teams just matched up the other night. I believe Minnesota was on a back-to-back. where Spurs. Yeah, came out and took care of business, uh, 115-106 in that game. Now Minnesota on their home floor has the opportunity to return that favor. Uh, Scott, let me start with you. Uh, Minnesota laying nine points here at home against uh, San Antonio Spurs.
1: I'm going to lean to the Spurs. Uh, at the end of the day, I simply put, think that Timberwolves are overvalued. I made that case all offseason, especially in the beginning of the year. I thought chemistry would be an issue. You look at what they've done this season. They really have not played any difficult opponents. And they lost to the Jazz in overtime. They lost to the Spurs last game. And their two wins are against the Thunder, who may or may not have been uh, when yami if that's a if that's a verb, because uh, Shea didn't end up playing uh, for at least one of those games, they've been benching people left and right. But I don't like how Minnesota's played defensively; they're not very good. I'm gonna go with the Spurs. Uh, Vassal's a good player, and I do recognize the fact that the Spurs ended up taking their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, which made the game close. They won by nine. They got outscored by thirty. They got outscored. Sorry, by a twenty-three in the fourth quarter. So the Spurs were up. 30 plus going into the fourth quarter or, uh they were up <laughs> yeah. about yeah 30 plus going into the fourth quarter give me san antonio to not get buried i think Minnesota's going to win the game but i think the spurs can hang around they've been feisty give me san antonio i really don't want to lay roughly 10 with minnesota when you can't even beat a tanking oklahoma city team by more than 10 give me the spurs
0: San Antonio so far this season, three and row three and oh on the road uh nope. this season.
1: They're not so, be talented, but they try hard.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know how the hell that's happening, but yeah, I <laughs> I don't want to lay this many points on Minnesota. Um I, I I get that we have the back-to-back spot, and that's a good spot, especially for Minnesota to come out here and get a win in the second game, but I don't know. Once we get, we're getting close to 10 point territory, and I just haven't seen it from Minnesota yet. Now, this could be the game where they just all click on all cylinders and run them out the building. Uh, if it is, I'll just take the L on it, but I, I, I'm not going to back Minnesota laying this many points against the Spurs right now. I, I tried it last game, it didn't work. I'll say the Spurs lose by five.
0: Yeah, I think the Devin Vassell, uh, it's a big deal. yeah, tagged, um, makes me nervous especially for this Spurs team because he has scored 20 plus points in three other four games so far this season and been their leading scorer um him and, and Keldon Johnson are pretty much the offense there Trey Jones has looked good as well for them but I see as far as scoring points it's really been Keldon Johnson and uh Devin Vassell for this team so if he's not able to go in this game uh I would probably lean with Minnesota at least in the first half I think they you know with them coming off that loss against San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, I think that this is where a spot where they can you I know like, come I out like. and play well in the first half. And maybe mm-hmm. they let off the gas and they get a backdoor cover due to the San Antonio Spurs. So um, I'll lean Minnesota first half in this game. Any thoughts on the total here, guys? Uh, at two thirty-five. Sorry, two yeah two thirty-five. Scott, I'm on the
1: I'm on the under. They just played game landed two twenty-one. I'm not expecting this game to suddenly turn into. Uh, an up-tempo, high-scoring game when the Spurs are missing their top score, I'm going with the under. And I think Minnesota can buckle down defensively because so far this season, they've been pretty awful.
0: Uh, Terrell, any thoughts on the total? Uh, um,
2: not really. I'll just go ahead and lean under.
0: All right. Uh, Next game on the schedule here. Three games left here. We got the Houston Rockets. Headed to Utah to take on the Utah Jazz. This number opened up at minus six for the Utah Jazz. That's been bet up to minus seven and a half for the Utah Jazz. Um, total opened up at 232 and a half. That number is currently sitting at 232 and a half over on win bet. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, starting with a road team here, Bruno Fernando is out for this game for the Houston Rockets. Uh Shangoon also out. Uh, For the Rockets, um, he's dealing with an illness and Fernando is dealing with left knee soreness. He's going to be out for a little bit. Jay Sean Tate is uh, officially questionable for this game. He's been battling a left ankle soreness. Um, Other than that, everybody is a go. Utah Jazz, only player that is on the injury report is Azabuki. Azabuki. He is dealing with a right ankle uh, recovery as he had surgery on it, but everybody is a go for the Utah Jazz. These two teams uh, did match up earlier this week where the Rockets pulled off their first victory. Jazz were in a back to back situation in that game. That game was really ugly, guys. I was watching it as a Rockets fan. There's a lot of turnovers in that game. It was an um,
1: overtime back to back situation.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, tough, tough uh, situational spot for the Utah Jazz, Jazz in that game. I think these two teams combined for it was like 30 plus turnovers it it was just really ugly basketball first
1: quarter had 39 points the fourth quarter had 72
0: yeah so so I think they finally found their rhythm uh they got they combined for 36 turnovers in that game but uh Jazz Lang seven and a half points here uh Terrell let me start with you on this game uh Jazz seven and a half points hosting the Houston Rockets
2: yeah Jazz Lang seven and a half is concerning that's a lot of points and we're getting dangerously ploy- close to that 10 point territory
1: for a preseason but, tanking team. Seven and a half. So yeah, a little bit high.
2: Yeah, it does. Extremely. But I, I think I'm going back it just because I don't necessarily trust the Houston on the road just yet. I don't know how, you know, how much they're going to get up for this game. This is an immediate rematch. And so uh, I expect to see a lot more energy from this Utah team. And I just don't think like a lot of things went well. Uh, Jabari Smith had a pretty solid game for them last game. Like, a lot of things went well for Houston in that game, and they still almost really blew the lead at the half and almost blew the game. Not at the half, but at the end of the game. And so, uh, yeah, I think that this is a good spot for Utah to just kind of get some payback. I really don't like laying as many ports, but I'll do it. Maybe they do get close to 10 points and a win here, but uh, my gut's telling me stick with Utah here, so I'm going with Utah. Scott?
1: I think I'm going to go with the over. In this one, I find it interesting that the game went under by about 10 points and yet, or compared to this total, and yet the line is still in the 230s. I think they found their groove as the game went on. You had 39 points, which really just killed the total in the first quarter. I've noticed that with Houston, that's what killed the total against the Hawks. They've just not been good in the first quarter of games. But Utah likes to go up tempo. They shoot a bunch of threes, and Houston defensively is a train wreck. They also have no rim protection right now because of all the injuries they had. They tried to use... Uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. and Jabari Smith as your front court. Good luck with that one. That didn't exactly work out. I am going to go, or technically it did work out because they won the game, but I still don't like the actual front court defense. I'm on the over. I see a lot of pace. For props, I like Jabari Smith double double at around, uh, what is the price at? Plus 170. Kevin Porter Jr. had 10 rebounds. I don't think that's going to happen again. And Jabari Smith still had nine. They have no centers. I got to go with Smith over. I think that since he's seven feet tall, he's basically playing center. I think you'll see pace, and I think you'll see rebounds for him. Give me the double-double for him, but I do like the over. I just think with Houston playing a stretch stretch five at this point, Mm -hmm. they're going to keep playing up-tempo. I think Utah will, too. It was a bad first quarter. I'm not going to overreact to it. Mm -hmm. 72 points in the fourth quarter. I think you could have an explosion quarter once again in this game. I'm going to lean to the over.
0: Yeah. Again, like you mentioned, it was just a really bad spot for the Utah Jazz in that game coming they the off. They came out flat. I mean, yeah, yeah, and they and I thought they were, uh, you know, laid down in that second half. Or, but you know, offensively they were right there. You take a look at that second half. Uh, it was sixty three to Yeah, sixty three points uh, combined for both of these teams. So I think that's some, something we'll see here tonight. That was my favorite play of this day so far. Utah Jazz and the Rockets to get over this total, especially what you just mentioned there, Scott, uh, with no rim protection really for the Houston Rockets as both their starting guys. We did see some Boban um, Boy, in this game.
1: What is Utah? They have Olinik as their starting center? Like nobody's room protection in this game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean they, they've been throwing Walker Kessler out there, but it was only for eight minutes. But
1: Vanderbilt uh, can give you a little bit, but he's in foul trouble all the
0: time. Yeah. Like, and and his rebounding props have been cashing at um yeah. at a high level as well. I'm what like I didn't get the Vanderbilt.
1: double-double that one time, though, but the rebounds yeah. got there basically every game. I think yeah. he had a double-double the game after, which was annoying, but
0: still. Yeah. And Kelly Olenek, yeah, you're right. They have three quote-unquote classified power four startings with yeah. Laurie and Kelly Olenek, and Jared Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, uh, I like the over. I'll probably lean with the Utah Jazz in the first half in this game as well. Uh, Jazz have been one of the better scoring teams in the first half. I know they didn't; they only put up 45, but again, like we mentioned, they probably come out with some uh, dead legs in that first half, but crazy enough, they turned it on in the second half. Um, all right, two games left on the schedule here, guys. Let's get over to the uh, L.A. Lakers in the Mile High City to take on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this line opened up at, let's see here, uh, minus six and a half for the Denver Nuggets. That number has come down to minus five and a half uh, over on win bet. Total opened up at 227. That number has been bet up to 229 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, we'll start with the road team here. Thomas Bryant, we know, is out for the LA Lakers. Anthony Davis listed as probable. LeBron James listed as probable. The big name on the injury report is Russell Westbrook, who is actually lifted, uh, listed as doubtful for this game for the L.A. Lakers. He has a left hamstring issue, um, so probably won't be playing in this game. For the Denver Nuggets, um, don't see – actually, I do. I'm sorry. Uh, Colin Gillespie we know is out. Jeff Green probable, and Michael Porter Jr. is actually questionable. Uh, injury management on his back, so definitely look out if MPJ is going to play in this game or not. Um Let's start with you on this game, Terrell. We have the winless L.A. Lakers, possibly maybe without Russell Westbrook in this game, maybe addition by subtraction without Westbrook. But what do you think about this game?
2: Lakers' money line if Westbrook doesn't oh, play. I like, if, what? Like, come on. <laughs> if Westbrook doesn't play, how do you not bet the Lakers' money line in this game? Like, <laughs> I mean... It just seems like does that not seem like the poetic ending to this? Westbrook sits down with the Lakers injury for a couple of games and they go and, ru- and run off a few wins like it just seems perfect and that it goes back into what Scott says of where they're just like all right Westbrook just take a hike because obviously we win games without you. So <laughs> mm. I, <laughs> I said mean, 15. 15
1: games was the number that I set out there. I you you what, it, it, looks, it looks pretty good.
2: It Looks pretty yeah, good yeah. right now. Yeah, cuz they it's been really bad. That that Portland Trailblazers' the ending to that Portland Trailblazers game really sucked. Uh, And there's been definitely different portions of the games for the first three games that they played where you're just like, oh, I don't know why you're doing that. And so Westbrook sitting down, I mean, I guess we'll see. This is what the lo- locker room feels about him. I mean, it get up for him, next man up mentality. You have, now you have a chance to sit here, insert Kendrick Nunn in the lineup, which I think they're going to do. He might get be the person or- that comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could space the floor a little bit more. You can abuse that Denver Nuggets trash defense where they're just letting anybody get anything on them. And so if you have shooters in the game, Lonnie Walker, I'm looking for Lonnie Walker to have a good game, this game, looking for Kendrick. Now I'm looking for all these supporting cast of players that are in the NBA and they have talent somewhere to be able to do, to show up against a Nuggets team that really, really bad against just defensively, they can put up points, but they can't guard anything. And so, just because Westbrook's out, I'll take a stab at the Lakers, but that's about it.
0: I think the one thing that sticks out to me, what you just mentioned, that defensively this Denver team is one of the worst right down there with Memphis Grizzlies and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and then the other thing, Lakers, number one team, uh, as far as defending the paint, they're only allowing 37.3 points. And then the Detroit, sorry, Detroit, uh, Denver Nuggets are allowing 50.5 points inside the paint, which ranks a little below league average at number 17. But, um, I, 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 Scott, let me kick it to you first before I give my pay, but I agree with Terrell. Go ahead.
1: I agree, too. I, I think that when you're looking at a good buy-low spot on the Lakers, if you want to go for narrative, it checks the box because Westbrook's not going to play. But it mostly involves the fact that I think the Lakers front court with Davis can actually somewhat contain Jokic, and they're going to be mm-hmm. without Porter Jr., who's been really good from three so far this season. Mm-hmm. Green's been okay, too uh jamal murray we know has been a little bit inconsistent he's also been banged up so you don't exactly know what you're going to get from him or if he's going to play at all uh besides that the supporting cast for denver's fine i don't think it's an amazing group but it's okay i think it's a decent spot for the lakers because if you expect lebron and ad to dominate in the paint because we know Jokic isn't exactly a great defensive player i think the framework is there for a path for the Lakers to win this game. So I'm going to lean to the Lakers. The line seems a little bit short. I think it's a trap. They're daring you to fade the Lakers. I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to take the Lakers against an injured team that I think can actually do some damage offensively. I like the Lakers' team total over. Yes. I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my play in this game as well. Lakers' uh, what, team total. what, 112,
1: 112 now?
0: Yeah, I see 112 right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you guys said there. The Westbrook factor as well, but I just think that defensively, just Denver – I mean, you guys both said it that. They're just not very good. Uh, and the Lakers are,
1: what, second in pace this year?
0: Yeah, and that's another thing I want to mention, that they're number two in, uh, shockingly in pace. That You would think that one of the best defensive team in the league so far, despite being 0-3 offensively they haven't looked great but they're pushing the pace and they're just having the pace is good to...
1: they just can't shoot but now yeah they space can't space shoot it yeah so. and there's
0: been the turnovers for this team as well so i think tonight is an opportunity for this team possibly without westbrook going up against and not a great defensive team you can get up and down the floor you can put up some points i think this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for them to come out and get their first victory of the season so yeah i'm, I'm agreeing we're all on the same page here um before we do get to the last game here I did want to mention that we did get a note across here that Devin Vassell is actually out for this game for the San Antonio Spurs we expect as much but yeah whatever okay uh all right guys last game of the night pretty good one here the Miami Heat headed to the only undefeated team in the league oh sorry well in the Western Conference I should say the Portland Trailblazers 4-0 so far this season they welcome the Miami Heat to town uh, looking at the lines for this game, currently seeing the Portland Trail Blazers opened up as a one-point favorite. That line has now flipped to minus two and a half for the Miami Heat. Uh, total opened up at two twenty-two and a half. and a half. That number has been bet down to 220 over on win bet. Uh, money line for this game, minus 140 for the Miami Heat. And home underdogs, the Portland Trail Blazers plus 120. Looking at the injury report for this game, let's start with the road team here, Victor Oladipo, not with the team. He will be out. And Omar Yurtsevin dealing with the uh, left ankle issue. Portland Trailblazers pretty significant here as far as role players. We know uh, Gary Payton II is out. O- uh, Oliver Sar is also out. Trendon Watford is also out. And then Justice Winslow is questionable with a right ankle sprain. I believe he left, left their last game uh, with that ankle issue. So officially lifts his ass questionable. For this game but um, Scott let me start with you on this last game Western Conference undefeated team the Portland Trail Blazers as a home underdog of two and a half points what do you like for this game
1: I'm gonna go with the Trail Blazers in this one I get the argument that Miami could use a bounce back win after losing to Toronto I don't really care I think this Portland team's actually good I think I was just wrong about them and I owe Chauncey Billups an apology because I've watched a bit of their games I think he can actually coach I've been impressed with the in-game adjustments he's made. Did a very nice job there in the final couple minutes of that Lakers game where his team came from behind. On the other hand, you trailed by seven against the Lakers with two minutes to go. That might be a bit of a concern, but they beat Denver comfortably. Simons went nuclear in the third quarter, and they ended up winning that game by 25. But I'm looking at Miami. They've played zero road games. They were 1-3 in three at home, and Miami's really good at home usually. Yeah. A serious problem is gonna be the backcourt. Is Kyle Lowry washed? Can we have this conversation?
0: I need to see more before I can make that.
1: I'm just saying, you can make the fact that we're having a conversation, we could bring it up, just tells you how bad he's been. And yeah. now he's supposed to shut down Dame Lillard as had back to back 40 pieces. And Sorry, he had two 40 pieces, and then he had a good game against the Nuggets, and Simons was very good too. I have questions about Miami's overall backcourt because i think lowry's really been a train wreck so far and the fact that they started the year one and three at home and now they're traveling to the moda center i think it's a good spot for portland and portland's 2-0 and at home i'm gonna go with portland here i think that the wrong team's favored and i like the fact that portland has a very good home court and miami hasn't seen a road court advantage yet so i'm gonna go with my i'm gonna go with uh fading miami here on the road in their first road game give me portland
0: Terrell. <sighs> I
2: like this game a lot more when it was Miami plus one. Yeah. Cause I just I hate taking Miami as a favorite on the road. I thought you always fade them on the road. You, you're learning. Yeah, that you told fade yeah, years. you you don't fade yeah, you fade them as as road favorites. Like you, yeah. you Miami just doesn't cover as a favorite on the road. Now they but they played well in Portland the past couple times. They, you know, went in there last season. What was it? They went we toss last season
1: out though because like Lillard barely played in any game. Yeah, last
2: for season. sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, this this kind of feels like a letdown for Portland. It really does. I
1: don't think Miami uh, hasn't shown me anything so far though. We keep waiting. It just hasn't happened yet.
2: That's kind of where they like. I feel like they're due. I feel like they're due. I I don't know. I was I was on Miami last night. I- I'm I'm a hold serve and keep it true and stick with Miami. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stick with Portland here. Um, first road game. It's tough. Yeah, first road game for Miami. And just Portland has mm-hmm. been playing well, right? I mean, Scott mentioned it, that Chauncey Billis has you know, made adjustments to whether yeah. it took him just a year to get you know, guys healthy. Number one, we talked about how Day missed, I think, what, half of the season last year.
1: I apologize. Uh, He's been good
0: yeah and again anthony simons went nuclear in that third quarter uh in their last game was it against denver i believe but yeah um i like what i've seen from this portland squad and again they're they're four and for a reason they've bought in on the defensive end as well offensively they have the players to put the ball in the basket damian lillard looks great he looks healthy you mentioned he had those 240 pieces um and again i just need to see what this miami team is if there's something truly wrong with this team or you know, is it just early season woes for this team? But st- I'm going to take the hotter team here right now, especially with that home court advantage Portland also does have. And I think it was a Sunday night game or Monday uh, where they played Denver where that 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 arena was packed. I know it's the only sports team they really have up there as far as professional, but it was, it was a packed uh, arena for that Portland Trailblazers team. And I think, you know, the fans will be out for this game as well. So uh, I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers as a home underdog at plus two and a half. I'm leaning towards the under in this game, guys. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the total here, Scott. let me start with you. Uh, 220 and a half.
1: I'm going to lean to the under just because Miami has really not been great offensively this season. Uh, they've yeah. scored less than 109 in three of their first four games. I'm not sure how much they're going to do. Once again, Lowry playing a lot of minutes when he can't shoot isn't exactly going to help an over. I'm going to go with the under.
0: Terrell, any thoughts on the total?
2: yeah uh Miami's slow pace team i expect them to try to kind of slow things down and and keep the crowd at bay a little bit give me an under
0: yeah all right uh portland yeah i just want to mention number eight uh as far as defensive rating so far this season uh miami a little under average uh, at one uh sorry at number 17 so far this season so and we take a look at pace for both of these numbers uh or sorry both of these teams miami like you mentioned they're number 25 as far as pace Portland Trailblazers number 20. So both well below league average as far as pace goes so far this season. All right. That's the 10 game schedule here, guys. Let's get into our lock and dog for this uh, Wednesday night schedule in the NBA. Uh, I will lead it off here Uh, for my lock. uh, Let's go. Um, Let's see here. Hmm. Hmm, let's go with the I'm going to go with the Bulls first quarter team total over 31 Um, A little derivative bet there a little total bet there. But again, the Pacers first quarter defense has been one of the is with the worst in the entire NBA. They have a defensive rating of 132.1 in that first quarter. I think that's going to continue. All four of their opponents so far this season have gone over this number. They've given up an average of 35 points in that first quarter. Zach Levine is back. I think DeMar DeRozan and him should be able to take advantage of this team uh, in their defensive woes. Indiana does play with a high pace. I think they're like a nine-second offense, and I think we'll see a lot of pace at least early on, especially in that first quarter. So I think the Bulls will be able to get at least uh, 32 points in that first quarter. For my dog, um, we talked about our volumes, addition by subtraction. L.A. Lakers plus 185 on the money line here. I think they can get their first victory here. Denver defensively has not been great. We've seen it so far in their first few games here. I also did like what Scott said as that uh, Lakers team total over 112. I like that as well. But as far as my dog, I'm going to go with the Lakers money line plus 185. And for my lock, uh, Bulls first quarter team total over 31. Uh, Scott, why don't you go next? Okay, so for my lock,
1: I'm going to go to that total in the 76ers-Raptors game. I'm going to take the under. I see 212.5. I know the line's dropped a couple of points. I believe it opened up at 215. I don't really care. If Philly's going to go slow against Indiana, that means they're going to go slow against anybody, and Toronto wants to slow the pace down too. I think you're going to see a rock fight in this game. It's a rematch of the playoff series. Toronto made some strides midway through that series once they really put the game into the half court. They really made Embiid work for 24 seconds every defensive possession. And I think they're not going to give away anything easy. But we keep expecting Philly to run because they should. They're not going to because I still think Embiid's out of shape. I'm going with the under. I think the fact that it's dropped three points is a testament to they're expecting a rock fight. I'm I'm not sure either team gets to 100 in this game. I think you could see a playoff matchup throwback here. Give me the under. I think you'll see an absolute war on the court in this game.
0: All right. And for your dog tonight, what do you got?
1: So my dog, the player props have been good. I'm going to go back to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know I lost personally with this uh, double-double last game, but I do like it in the spot. It's going to be Trey Young, double-double at even money. Uh, Total's gone up from around 228.5 to 230. And I do think that since Young has the ball in his hands all the time, he should be able to find guys open at least 10 times in this game. But he's been good at assists. I'm not going to overreact to a game where he got benched a little bit early because of a potential there against Charlotte. I think this game should be more competitive. We think Detroit's going to win, so I think the, or has a shot to win, so I do think this game should be close. Give me Young to go for a double-double against a pretty underwhelming defense on a back-to-back.
0: Love it. All right, so a lock for Scott, Sixers, and Raptors under. And uh, his dog's going to be Trey Young double-double for tonight against the Detroit Pistons. All right, Villain, close out strong, my man. What do you got for your lock-in, dog?
2: All right. For my lock, let me go with – let's go with – let's just trust my gut. Toronto plus two. Toronto plus two. That's my lock. For my dog, give me the Pacers. Plus 245. I think think that the Pacers can sneak the Bulls here. I like their offense and – uh, Bulls giving up a lot from three Pacers have three point shooters. Unlike the Bulls who are also playing the Pacers who give up a lot from three. However, the Bulls do not have three point shooters. I think that the Pacers just outscore them in this game. I'll take Pacers on the 245.
0: Yeah, maybe a buddy yield prop here tonight for um, his three point shot as well. He's been jacking them up and uh, actually making them as well. But yeah, recap uh, Terrell's picks. He's got Raptors plus the two as his lock. And for his dog of the night, it's going to be the Pacers plus 245 on the money line against the Chicago Bulls. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for this edition of the NBA gambling podcast or Wednesday night schedule. 10 game schedule here in the NBA. So full uh full slate of schedules. We got a couple of great games here tonight. But hey, NBA is back in full swing. And I think our picks are starting to warm up a little bit here, guys. But Terrell, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, bud? No, no, I'm ready to go. Fuck Boston. Scott, anything else, my man?
1: No, not really. Uh, if, if Terrell's going to call out a team, I'll call it the Mavericks. Fuck the Mavericks. They absolutely <laughs>
0: killed me last night. <laughs> All right. So the guys are in a little bit of a bitter mood. But, hey, maybe we can get that taste out of our mouths here tonight with some winners, boys. All right. Make sure to follow Terrell on uh, Twitter at really real underscore, underscore. Follow Scott on Twitter at Ryshell Radio. Make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. If you uh, turn on your notifications, you'll know when we go live. And, again, uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. A lot of guys in the chat today, so shout out to the, everybody in the chat. Uh, makes uh, doing the pod a lot more fun going live answering you guys' questions. So, I would subscribe to the YouTube channel at NBA Gambling Podcast and hit us up in the chat with any questions. We'll do our best to answer them uh, throughout the season when we do uh, go live with the pod. All right, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da.